previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. You're leaving the Prussian Canal system and you had decided that you were going to head towards Principium. It has grown incredibly chilly. You know that you're going to need to stop in order to pick up some supplies. Jet just points over yonder and goes, there's the town. You're looking around and everybody seems to have like this earthy cloth. There is one person that you see wearing a bright yellow shirt. I think I, I, I'll follow the guy in the yellow shirt. There is a store that says Hammer Fisk. Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I just can't listen right now. I'm, I'm flustered. I'm frazzled. You said there was some dudes outside. So I spear them. Excuse me? What do you think you're doing? The woman with her child covers the child's eyes and is like, oh. I spear the woman next. This is just I spear the, the child. The child. And tell me she beats sick. a 19. Do it. She rolled a natural 20. Rolled a 17. I rolled a 19. The, the baby! <laughs> <laughs> Where this is going on, I just somehow ended up with a bottle of alcohol. I light it and just throw it. <laughs> oh. We're throwing mollies. Copyright is theft. Theft is sin. Sin does not be cleansed with fire. Now, Jet. The man in the yellow shirt has sat down at a table with an obscenely fat man and a dwarf. The guy in the yellow shirt says, I think we're getting into something much deeper than what we were doing before. We're just gathering some materials. That's all we're doing. Caxius was always very good at finding things. There is a cry that comes from outside. Guards, guards! I just want to know, what is the Hammer Fisk? The Hammer Fisk, the cardigan gentlemen tell you, has been in operation for five generations. Oh, I'm all top wrong building. I don't think your copyright claim is going to fly. <laughs> Abe, you get up from putting out these flames and you patch yourself off and you notice the face of the man in the yellow shirt? You've seen these three before. Those guys are with the slavers that attacked you. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. So the worst thing about this coronavirus pandemic is that now in Ohio, more than 100 people cannot be gathered together, which means that Paul cannot have 100 nutsacks dragged across his forehead all at the same time now. Truly a tragedy. Brad Richards. So with the coronavirus, they're starting to quarantine areas so the people that are still near Paul, are now quarantined, and their nutsacks cannot leave your forehead. Matt Smith. I have a riddle for you. How many foreheads does it take to drag your nuts across? Just one, but it's Paul Campers. Brad Renfro. How much does a pirate pay for corn? He pays a buck in the air. <laughs> See, now that's, that's wholesome and good fun. Yeah, fuck you, Paul. You want to ask this wholesome and good fun? Dragging my balls across your forehead. And Eric Nemeth. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to lie. This dude was sleeping on you. <laughs> no, listening. 
and you said that, and he looks so <laughs> confused about where he was and what was going on no, as he I stood have up. have an intro planned out. So, you know how the coronavirus, how you can only have 50 people in a place, right? That's, that is less than 100. Yeah, they're recommending 50, though. Okay. So, we're going to have 50 people drag the balls across Paul's face tonight. Who's in? <laughs> Sorry, Eric, but you should have been awake because we already did that one. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I did fall asleep then. It'd have to be 49 people because Paul would be the 50th person. <laughs> Wait, Paul can drag his balls across his own face? Are you that I mean, flexible, Paul? No, he hasn't been swimming recently. I don't think he's that flexible anymore. I'll tell you what I am flexible in. Sometimes the rules of this Dungeons & Dragons game that we actually play, 5th edition rule set-wise. That was bad. Nice execution, Paul. You're doing terrific. Fuck you, Paul. At least you fucking know. He's only flexible when it's convenient for him. Like, when we want to do something not flexible at all, when he doesn't want us to accomplish something, we're trying to bend the rules <laughs> just a little bit. He's like, none. no. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's, let's, let's be honest here. Who lets you cast Mage Hand, or not Mage Hand, yeah, actually, Message. Mage Hand. In, like, episode 16. You're going back 50 episodes? The obstacle course in Ryford. While drinking up ancient history. <laughs> Who was allowed to send his Mage Hand triple the distance because it was rule of cool? Paul. Hmm. You're going back 50 episodes Where to get one example. Where the fuck is Ryford? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Revan was still alive at that point. That's just the first of many examples. Then we can keep talking. Yes, but then it becomes a... Uh, uh, let's just try to think of a situation where Paul didn't let us do something cool. How about because... everyone who's ever tried to run away from us ever that ends up breaking the laws of reality to escape? <laughs> yes. Because Paul's a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. That hurts my feelings. Love you, Paul. Hey, Paul, you want to know what hurts my feelings? What? Your bad fucking segues to say how we're a fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Whoa, be rich, great segue right <laughs> like there. That, that was shit. awesome, dude. Like that shit. Golden, give me some, give me some bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get started this episode, um, because you and your characters actually did level up two episodes ago, um, but we haven't talked about it yet, why don't we go ahead and discuss our characters? give a rundown about who you are playing, because we haven't done that in a while, and then you can also talk about what you got in your level up, and what level you are. Mr. Dungeon Master, you pick who goes first, and then we'll go clockwise from there. All right, I'm guessing that the order that you're seated in right now is going clockwise from Ben. It would be Ben, B-Rich, Brad, Matt, Eric? You can guess that as much as you'd like. Fuck you, Paul. You're not special. Was I right? Wow. Yes, you're yes, fucking you're right. right. Hell yeah. All right, so then we're going one through five. Six is a reroll. Oh, I dropped the die. All right, Brad, you go first. All right, so for me, now a level nine monk, uh, pretty much besides all the normal stuff, uh, some more HPs, uh, another Kai point. Um, Aren't you a level I'm 10 now... monk? Are you multi-classing? No. So then you're 10. level 10 oh, monk. Oh, did I just not level write it down? Level 9 monk, level 1 bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to take a level in Barbarian so I can rage. Wow, what a coincidence. We all did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not special. No, so now as a level 10 monk then, uh, the only thing that's different is now I am immune to disease and poison. All right, and who is your character? Tell us a little bit about him and what he looks like. 
All right. So basically, as I perceive Jet like the plane is, he is a half elf monk. So he dresses very conservatively, um, yet effectively for being of the shadow class. So it's, um, you know, just kind of least amount of, well, I don't want to say least amount of clothing, but. <laughs> he wears a sweater vest and nothing else. <laughs> Walking around in his lingerie. <laughs> no, no. Um, he wears, it varies on the occasion. Now that we've all bought cardigans. I also picture him with, yeah, like dark, spiky hair, s- similar as how you find most anime characters who are male. And I picture him with, you know, just at least some battle scars, something to make him seem kind of cool here, just beside your basic half elf monk type guy. But I do generally leave most up to the imagination. I typically imagine him differently sometimes myself each episode we play. Very cool. Let's go with Matt Smith next. All right. So I gained, you want me to start with, I guess my name, Abraham Van Halen. I gained a, another level in Warlock. So I, now I am a fifth level Ranger and a fifth level Warcock. And so that gives me some more HPs and a new spell and a new Warlock invocation, I think they're called. So I got Sign of Ill Omen, which lets me cast Bestow Curse. So I can just yell fuck when I need to. Does that curse somebody? When you yell? When I yell fuck. And what happens during a curse? It hurts their feelings. And? Some other stuff that I don't remember off the top of my head. (laughs) Okay. I was was just curious, as most people probably are who aren't familiar with this. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I will use it and they shall see. (laughs) All right, and what does Abe Van Halen look like? All right, he is a tiefling, so he is a purple boy with a tail and devil horns. All tiefling are not purple. Well, mine is, and he has an eye patch over his left eye, and I guess that's basically it. Okay. Eric Nemeth. I play Prothean of the House Greymane. I am the son of a lord. Well, a merchant lord, basically the same thing. Who the fuck cares? And my character is around, is tallest, buff, and looks like a noble, cocky. And he has a smile like he has about five pineapples set up his asshole. And uh, what'd you get with your level up? What's your class? I'm a 10th level paladin. And I got a war of curds, which is... What's that level where you just, like, grow angel wings and fly around? I think that's 20. But starting at 10th level, you and a friendly creature within 10 feet of you can, can't be frightened while you are conscious. That'll come in handy when you face off against a dragon. Yep. Does that include of Prothean? Because he's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only when he turns on his smile. Uh, let's go with B-Rich. Tell us about your character. I'm sorry, there's a whole ass person in between me and him. I changed up B- the order. BM. <laughs> okay, Ben, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your character? Alright, so Ambient Heightus Hammerbottom is who I am playing. <laughs> Ninth level barbarian, first level sorcerer. Kit, absolutely. Don't you ever try to change the order again, you fuck. Ricked. 
Do you want me to describe your character and you describe mine? Yeah, this will be fun. Oh, wait, I can't wait for this shit. <laughs> do it. Do it. All right. Ben Renfro here. Uh, introducing <laughs> Ambionitis Hammerbottom, who is... <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not, <clears throat> not cross-eyed. Well, we don't know. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> All right. So, Ambionitis Hammerbottom who plays a level 1 sorcerer and a level 9 barbarian per level up receives some extra hit points naturally and then a couple abilities make more tanky which you'll see throughout the course of the game here we'll be sure to mention it when they happen no he won't yes, yeah. we, will. we all know that Brad Richards will never admit to his abilities because he does not pay attention to his character the sheet right here and he will not remember to tell you what he's doing However, as far as a character goes, he is the older... Who's the older? You're older, you fuck. (laughs) Much shorter. He is the younger brother of the Hammerbottoms, but he is the taller brother as well. That's seven foot tall. As far as appearance goes, he's got some huge feet. First things (laughs) first. (laughs) Those bitches are <laughs> just some boots on him right there. Those are mags, you fuck. And then, <laughs> as far as other appearance goes, we are we are green half orcs. The hammer bottoms are look like Conor McGregor. He has a solid little mohawk going on him with a nice bushy beard, and then he wears these U.S. of A. sunglasses, which hides his crooked eyes. Which are a genetic thing that we both have. <laughs> I don't think that's canon. Now it is. Now it is. It's canon now. No, I could read before. Picture what a half orc would look like if he wanted to be in a biker gang. <laughs> that's about what Ambionitis Hammerbottom looks like with a war hammer slung over his back. With two braids against the warhawk, you fuck. And two braids against his warhawk up top on his on his dome piece here. He looks like a fifth cousin of Conor McGregor. He does, he does look, look like Conor McGregor. Very eerily similar <laughs> to Conor McGregor if he were to join a biker gang <laughs> and wear a mohawk <laughs> with some braids. Oh, wait. I would also like to make a point of note. As we figured out in uh, recent episodes, Ambionitis Hammerbottom is a level one divine soul sorcerer and a level nine ancestral guardian barbarian. I did know that. I knew that. Same. Yeah, maybe if he would have been introducing his character, we might have heard that part of it. But you know, sometimes, sometimes when the DM fucks up, you miss you miss stuff. And introducing the last of our characters, Be Rich. Why don't you introduce for our listeners the character of Brixius Hammerbottom, who is played by Ben Renfro. Well. Think of the farmer from Back at the Barnyard, Courage the Cowardly Dog, (laughs) and every possible inbred Amish individual you could possibly think of. Make him 6'9 with no pants on and gladiator sandals (laughs) with a beard of feathers that look like he just butt-fucked the chicken and put the sticky mess on his face. Just remember you're my brother. (laughs) Um... He is a level nine fighter. He's a level one sort one sorcerer. He's a chaos magic sorcerer, which would explain his eyes. He sees everything at once, except what's <laughs> right in front of him. 
He has a bucket hat that apparently is made of straw. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a chainmail one-piece bathing suit. <laughs> Why'd you have to do me dirty like this? He I has... gave you a de- decent introduction. <laughs> He's wearing what seems to be a greenish leather skirt that does not cover his genitalia too well, <laughs> which is what his see-through green-tinted mage hand is for. Um, if you look close enough, you might be able to see it. And he wields a double-sided... When I, sa- I think when you said double-sided, it meant like on one end is double-sided, not two heads on one shaft. No, I the entire time meant two heads on one shaft. Yeah, see, I thought what you thought, B-Rich. Yeah, well, it's so he can see what he's hitting um, on both sides of his vision. I can hit many targets at Only once. Only 90 degree angles. <laughs> <laughs> There's no straight line of vision here. Did I mention he was wide-eyed? <laughs> Bring back up the picture of you. Let me have another stab at this one. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get back into the story before we get too deep into trying to do each other dirty. We can all do each other dirty. The only thing that we missed was the fact that we did not talk about what I got from leveling up. Well, yeah. <laughs> Real quick, what did you get from leveling up? <laughs> I got not a... eye surgery. <laughs> <laughs> LASIK. <laughs> I got this uh, trait called Indomitable, which allows me to reroll one failed saving throw for a long rest. And that's about it. That's about as glorious as the fighter level ups get from here on out. I like the idea of us all multiclassing as barbarians, though. <laughs> just all of us raging. <laughs> Someone ambushes us, and we're all just on each of our own turns. Oh! <laughs> now oh, you fucked up! <laughs> you done fucked up, Avon. <laughs> all right. Well, Ambionitis, will you start to teach us how to be a barbarian <laughs> moving forward? <laughs> we'll have lessons every morning. Every time any of us rolls, <laughs> <laughs> so what you have to do <gasps> is you have to unnecessarily scream every morning you wake up <laughs> you just look straight into the nearest thing whether it be a rock a tree or the sky and just start screaming at it oh my gosh could you imagine Your own morning wood <laughs> sun's coming up in the morning and all the birds are in the trees and then an entire group of adventurers just in the <laughs> middle of nowhere just start screaming how long do you scream for about um, two hours. Like just a nice quick shout, or do I hold it for like ten minutes, or are we spending the first two hours every morning just shouting? No, it's, it's a good couple seconds. Okay. It's about... <laughs> what is that our scream sounds like here? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So just a few sets of that every morning, we're good to go, huh? Barbarian in no time. At least three sets. <laughs> All right. Before we get any more off the rails, let's <laughs> try recording and... for 40 minutes so far. <laughs> I have not even started. Last time we left <laughs> off in a village where you had gone to pick up cold weather supplies, and you had gotten into some altercations with 
the townspeople while Jet investigated some normal-looking people that he seemed to think were suspicious, but turned out actually were suspicious because Abe recognized the man in the yellow shirt as Pauly, a slaver that had captured his friends uh, around episode 30. So, you saw Pauly and Marvin and Hardeck, a man in a yellow shirt, a very unbelievably fat man with a high squeaky voice, and a dwarf with a bearded braid, a braided beard, and a very deep voice walking off down an alley. We go to Principium. Well, listen, we stopped in this city for one reason, to get some cold weather gear. None of us has picked it up yet, so if we just start leaving the city now, <laughs> we're still going to run into the same <laughs> issue we were facing before with the cold. So let's all bundle up. I'd like some mittens and a scarf. That's it. To Nothing the general else. store. Oh, wait. It's on fire. <laughs> hey, put that out. Not my fault. Oh. That was right. 0% my fault. Now, do I keep my character's persona going where I look like a hilljack and get like an Elmer Fudd like hunting little cap and just start <laughs> wandering around in the woods from there? Yes. yes. Is there another general convenience store other than the Hammer and Fisk? No, as I said, when you first entered this village, there are only three storefronts. All right. I guess I'll enter the hammer and fisk and go to the <laughs> cold weather gear section. You push open the door to the hammer and fisk, and uh, as you enter, there is a man standing behind the counter, and he's kind of egg-shaped. Like, he's got a smaller head and a wide hips... And skinny legs. So he's the, he's the egg man? And he goes, Woohoo! Welcome to Hammer and Fisk. Uh, We're having a big autumn blowout. Big summer <laughs> blowout. Yoo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! When's the last time you watched Frozen? Uh, Friday. Can't believe you just made that reference and worked it into this. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Wait, so this guy didn't notice his place of business getting molotoved? <laughs> While he was inside it. It all happened to him in within six seconds. I guess that's true. Um, <clears throat> sir, what is your name? My name is Theodore. Theodore Fisk. All right, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Where did you... So, Fisk, so you're the owner of this establishment, huh? Yes. Why did you go Canadian for a second? <laughs> so you're the owner? I own this place along with my partner, uh, John Hammer. Oh, now he's sounding Indian. <laughs> yeah. John Hammer and Theodore Fisk, huh? And you go with the Hammer Fisk. Uh, that's the name you choose. Well, our forefathers did it. His name was Hammer, and my and my father, my grandfather's name was Fisk. So Hammer and Fisk. Don't you know it's about to make a lord, <laughs> brother? That is funny. All right. Uh, you said big autumn blowouts. Yoo hoo! Uh, where is the aisle for your autumn gear? Yeah, he points it out to you, and there's a wide array of jackets and gloves and hats. Scarves. I can outfit you each for five gold pieces. Huh. Don't. You saw, you heard five gold pieces, and you immediately put your Mr. Krabs hat on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, for autumn gear, it seems kind of pricey. Well, it will take you through the winter. You also, you also know my character has no care in the world for money. <laughs> Especially now that 
Uh, we are traveling with the Goblin King, who has all of the riches of the goblins, so we're pretty loaded. Yeah, the only per- the only time that you have problems spending money is when it's pain jet. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Now, you said you'll outfit us? Like, you pick what we wear? Well, no. You pick your clothes, but for a hat, a coat, and gloves and boots, five gold piece. Boots? Deal. Boots or clogs? Boots and pants and boots and pants. Okay. Do you have any snowshoes? Like the ones that look like tennis rackets on your feet. That is part of our winter selection, and that would be an extra five silver pieces. Math here. It's hard for Brixius, but that's fine. What, you just can't see the numbers adding up? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you see both ends of the equation, but not how you get there? I'm going to go with the Elmer Fudd hat. I'm going to go with the scarf. I'm going to go with mittens that fold back into fingerless gloves. I'd like to go with some overalls just in case, a pair of boots, and I'm going to throw in the snow tennis rackets. All right, he rings it all up for you. Five gold pieces and five silver pieces. You're one of those kids with the mittens and the fingerless gloves. You know what those kids grew up to do? <laughs> huh. Be lonely fifth graders. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Lonely high schoolers. Listen, listen, listen. Brixius needs a way that he can stay warm, but if he needs to scrap and use his fingers, <laughs> he can still fight. Uh, I'm going to assume that everybody else will eventually wind up buying the winter gear, but does anybody want anything specific, like the Elmer Fudd-type cap? I would like a turtleneck, because you lose a lot of heat in the neck. <laughs> yes, you have that. And then I want puffy pants and puffy jacket, puffy hat. I'm good with my boots now, unless they have nice, warm, fuzzy socks. I'll take a pack of those. Theodore offers warm socks in place of boots. Yes, I will take those. All in white, so I look like the Michelin Man. (laughs) Or Archer, when he's trying to go through the snow. I'm not familiar with that one, but it sounds like I like it. Ooh, I would like big, fuzzy cabin socks. With the snowshoes instead of the boots as well. What about a pair of moccasins? All of my clothes are tight and form-fitting, and they all have a logo on them that has been known as Over Armor. (laughs) Oh. Theodore says, Well, that is part of our uh, our brand name selection. Uh, that will cost an extra one gold piece. I can't afford that. Wait, you're telling me I'm shopping over in the fucking Goodwill section right now? <laughs> so, are we all paying for this from the, uh, the Goblin Horde, except for Jet, who's gonna be paying it out of his I can't afford that. How much gold do you have? Enough to afford that. <laughs> Smart of you to go with the turtleneck, though. That's why I got the scarf for the... There's a lot of heat in the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theodore says, Well, if you can't afford the over-armor, we do have an inventory of used goods. Absolutely not. I'm very brand-specific, but I'll tell you what. Would you just be able to, uh, without telling them, knock it on one of those other guys' price? I'm sure he can't look at the bill straight. <laughs> um, give me a persuasion check. <laughs> All right. Just so on. you know. If Brixius feels like he's getting ripped off, you might fight him. Hey, what check now? Persuasion. Charisma, so 19. Um, he, he leans over the counter as you as everybody's 
going around and picking out their equipment, and he says, I might be able to knock it down to three gold pieces. All right, I just slide him three gold pieces and call it a deal. All right. Isn't that like three years' salary? Yes. <laughs> Abe would like, since he can't fit a hat on his over his crazy horns. Well, no, Mr. Tiefling, we have a selection of hats for your race with little holes in the top for your horns. Hmm. I was just going to go with a pair of nice fuzzy earmuffs. That is also a very good selection. All right, so I would like some fuzzy wuzzy earmuffs, some nice rabbit fur lined gloves, and a leather fur-trimmed jacket with some fluffy fur around the collar to keep the neck warm. So you just want to look like a straight-up pimp, huh? I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just pimp coat. You could have just said pimp coat. (laughs) We would have all got it. Prothean, do you want anything specific? I'm just going to unfold my half cloak and turn it into an actual full cloak, which somehow has the exact same window benefits. Don't ask me how. Magic. That's how. All right, and uh, what about a hat, gloves, or boots? I do need gloves. I'm going to pick up some gloves. Some nice, like, fancy, like, lambskin gloves with uh, rabbit fur on the inside. All right. Get a ski mask that shows your mouth so you can still creepily smile. That covers all the face except the mouth, so it's even creepier. Yes. No, you need my Basically smile. a gimp mask. I'm Blind Beard the Pirate. You need to see my entire face, my smile. <laughs> you just had to make it weird. You don't want a cold weather gimp mask. Because <laughs> you just need to see the eyes that's looking in your soul. like it's- Now, Paul, are you going to dock me if I don't wear pants still? Like, if I wear every other warm weather gear but pants, am I good to go? No, you should probably wear pants. No pants. Your PP is going to be just absolutely shrunken. That's why Into the mage hand just holds it. Darn it. 0.2 millimeters. <laughs> All right, so I'm still going with my moccasins, my scarf, still going Elmer Fudhead, and then we'll just go some, like, snow pant overall type deals. Not, Coon like, your work pant overalls, but, like, the snow pants ones. Would just leg warmers work? Yeah, well, wait, what about leg warmers? <laughs> like, 80s-style, like, workout leg warmers? <laughs> Above the knee down. Leg warmers would work. Nice. nice. <laughs> I was going to say, what about, like, a bow rat s- swimsuit at that point? All right, we're going leg warmers, moccasins, a scarf, and I guess the Elmer Fudd hat. Or like a bright red, like, union suit with, like, the flap in the back. Like like the uh, footy pajama kind of looking thing. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to think of ridiculous outfits for Prixius <laughs> because I can literally throw anything together, and that's matching what we have made my character out to be somehow miscommunicated in translation. I look like this now. <laughs> It's canon. While you're picking out all these clothes, Brixius, all of the above, I, I keep. Okay, then that's going to cost you some extra gold. That's fine. I just want to be able to interchange my outfits as I as I decide what I want to do. So another five gold pieces. Yes. On top of the five and the five silver I've already done, and then I can kind of just, I, I have. We'll just classify it as I have autumn and winter gear. <laughs> He gets the he gets the chance to go full wardrobe, and he still goes full hilljack. So, Brixius, while you're picking out all these clothes, you pick up some items that most people don't normally go for, and they have collected a bit of dust. I need you to make a saving throw 
because you're about to sneeze. Oh, you're going to lose oh, your beard no. of feathers. It's the only thing keeping my, my chin warm at this time of year. No! Find a helmet that has a chin strap on it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> wait, I can... Uh, because I am indomitable, I can re-roll one failed saving throw <laughs> for a long rest. <laughs> Worth it. Because <laughs> I rolled a natural two there. <laughs> so, we're going to try a different die here. <laughs> and you said constitution? Yes. I didn't say, but it is constitution. Seventeen. All right, you managed to suffocate the sneeze, and you keep your beard of feathers, which was not mentioned during the... Oh, yeah, it yeah, was. Dude. Yeah, the chicken. I remember. Mm-hmm. So is Brixis just not sneezed at all for, like, this whole time? Apparently not. Like, we've gone literal literal weeks, and he hasn't sneezed, like, once. He's very... <laughs> He's really holding it in. When it eventually comes, it's going to be... He, know, he knows the risks <laughs> of what could happen if he sneezes. It's going to be like an actual explosion when it finally happens. It's going to make his eyes go regular. Yeah, I sneeze, I lose the beard of feathers, everything goes the most normal. Like, I look more normal than Ambionitis at that point. It's the feathers turning me hilljack. He looks more beautiful than Prothean. (laughs) Well, um, as you're packing up your gear and it's all getting bundled up into your packs, Theodore says, Thank you for coming in to come and fisk. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Um, are, are there any vacant buildings here looking for, you know, more more business in the town? No, not at this moment. Is your establishment for sale? No. Well, name your price. No. He doesn't want to sell you the building, don't you know about the Mega Lord? What he All said. Right. You drive a hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the translation, Ambionitis. Teddy, you drive a hard bargain. I'll be back. What was the name of this town again? I'm sorry. Oh, you are in Entremont. Entremont. You know, I think Paul said that last yeah, week. Yeah, I think I think we did hear that last week. Entremont. That seems really familiar. All right. Remember that for me, okay, Teddy? Will do. Perfect. All right. Well, team, now that we're bundled up and ready to take on autumn, whatever that is, really don't know how to prepare Who for it. Who is Autumn and why do we have to dress up to take her on? <laughs> We've never experienced her before. I don't really know what to expect here, but I think we got what we need. This is a slippery slope. Soon enough we're gonna have to be eating. We're gonna have to take a shit when we have to. <laughs> Alright, let's uh, yeah, we're ready for the weather. Let's do it. <laughs> Abe's gonna mention, oh yeah, so that, that dude that walked by, he was one of those slavers that kidnapped you guys. Does anyone care? Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Someone's getting executed. Um, <clears throat> do we care? Yes. The fuck we do. <laughs> I feel like you would feel like you were personally wrong there as um, a player. Brothian would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Brothian's about to keel haul him. Uh, or just be like, live and let lie. I'm not sure. Live and let oh, lie. It's all in the past. <laughs> fuck that, Abe. Where? That way, I don't want to point in the direction they walk down. We just got our ass beat in a fight. Who cares? Yeah, what if that baby shows up? Immediately. I'm more concerned about the baby than the guy in the yellow shirt. (laughs) Start sprinting after this man. I follow. Oh my goodness, okay. Follow my brother. It's 
it's a podcast, this is our podcast, and this is the mid-roll with your DM, Paul Camper. Maybe I'll make that the official mid-roll jingle. I don't know, I'll have to think about it. If you have thoughts on it, whether, hey, it's good, keep it, or no way in hell, get rid of it, <laughs> reach out to us on social media, at Death Saving Bros. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, and we're always game for a digital chat. You can also head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave your thoughts about mid-roll jingles, podcast jokes, or other feedback in the form of a five-star rating and review. That'd be mighty kind of you. You'll be helping our standings, and as a thank you, we'll read your review on the air. We'd like to take a moment to let you know about Will Savino. Those of you who have been listening for a while know that we continue to promote his work because we've found that his style blends beautifully with our campaign. You can check out all of the RPG music that he has been creating for yourself at patreon.com slash musicd20. For only $2 per month, you'll get access to all the Music D20 MP3 files, plus some additional content at higher tiers. Again, that's patreon.com slash musicd20. As always, we hope you, our listeners, are staying safe and healthy. Even as countries begin to draw social distancing mandates to a close, keep practicing smart behaviors. Wash your hands often for at least 20 seconds. Wear masks in large public places to protect yourself even if you aren't sick. And try to keep distancing even as we get back to work, which I know will be a good thing for many around the globe. We'll soon be getting back to the work of recording, since Ohio just announced an end to shelter in place. But we ask you to please be patient as we figure out the safest way for us to gather in the studio. Episodes may continue to be bi-weekly into the summer, uh, or might be something off the main arc as we create what content we can. But rest assured, we will get back to normal, even as the world does. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Ambionitis, you tear down the alley that Abe has pointed out, and the village isn't very large. You get to the edge of the village, and you don't see anything. I look for tracks. Abe, give me a survival check. Can I see anything via rooftop? Jet, give me a perception check. Do you guys want me to rip down an entire town so we can search better? I said we saw just ripping down walls, kicking in doors, so we find these guys. Molotovs at every building. I'm down. 15 for the survival. 13 for perception. All right. Um, Abe, you find tracks that are fresh and lead out of town and down into a gully between some hills. Jet, you're looking. Where are you looking? In the direction of the tracks. Okay. Looking in the direction of the tracks, you think that you see some people disappearing between two of the hills into this gully area that Abe has pointed out. Aha. Uh-huh. That away. These hills, about how big would you say they are? They're not your favorite terrain. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you would say they are not mountainous? I would say that they are not mountainous. So they're more like, uh, like a knoll? Yes, they're more of a knoll. Or a hillock. A grassy knoll. 
There's some knolls over there. Kill them. So which way is Principium? The way through the grassy knolls? No, the tracks lead northeast, north-northeast, and Principium is to the southeast. And you were hell-bent on revenge a second ago. So if we <laughs> Now go... that's slightly inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, now it is really inconvenient. And I feel like we'll find them again. Brother, listen. <laughs> Those people have slaved once, they will slave again. And I'm sure if we ran into them in the middle of fucking nowhere on our travels, and we saw them again in this city, then we'll probably come across them again within our lives. And if that happens again, I promise you we will both slaughter them all on sight. Yeah, but when that happens, hopefully our team isn't experimenting with shrooms over in the fucking cave a couple miles back. <laughs> I have flown once, I will have flown again. <laughs> right. Hopefully we have more of a team, and we'll be higher leveled as well, with more abilities from our trainings. So, if you ask me, sure, they have everything coming from them. They kicked our ass, but me and you were heavily outnumbered, and I still think it was, I still think we probably could have pulled it out. I'll accept the defeat this time. I'm more concerned about the fact that we were defeated by a baby. I want to see where that thing ends up in about 10 years from now. Oh. If it lives another 10 years. Nah, that baby's living. That thing will destroy anybody who tries to come across it. What if I just... What are you going to do? Kill it? Or whatever the shit out of it. Or take it in under your wing and raise it to be... What if I stole this baby? <laughs> Should we start raiding and steal this baby and raise it to, to be... To an absolute machine? That's how we got Figus. So it's the goblin prince? Oh. <laughs> Wait, how do you guys think I got Figus? I'm an orphanage. I didn't even fill out the paperwork. I just walked in and took him. No question. Yeah, he crew. was in an orphanage? He was already an orphan. This baby has two parents. <laughs> One wears a cardigan. The other one's a brick shit house of a wife. <laughs> All right, we have three options here. One, pursue the baby. Two, pursue the yellow shirt. Three, pursue Principium. Principium. What would your characters decide? As characters, we are still royally pissed off for revenge. All right, I'm so. liking the yellow shirts. All right, brother. Yeah. I know I was just trying to convince you that we let this go, but after reconsideration... The guy in the yellow shirt must pay. Jet, how far away were they when you saw them? They were 600 yards away. I'd say they were about 600 meters away. Meters or yards? It's approximately the same. 600 yield football fields. Ah. 600 football fields. Football fields. Six six football fields. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 600 would be. Miles. <laughs> a lot. The, wait, there's 600 yards? That's not that far. We'll murder them and be back before fucking coffee's done brewing. Well, we don't see them. <laughs> he did. That's how far they are. That's how far they are. Oh, yeah, let's go get them. Because, listen, they jumped, they, they brought a whole team of like, how many people were there? They had us. It was just the two of us against all of them. Now they need to see what it's like. To have it the other way I around. sprint after them. Where there's two, or I guess three of them, and five of us. I'm sorry, you hit a count? He closed one eye for it. <laughs> yeah, otherwise there'd be ten of us. Yeah, how many people did you see at once? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I heard that Ambionitis is sprinting in the direction of these individuals, and that Jet would like to try and shadow step that direction, is that correct? 
I mean, if they're shadows, if not, then I'm running. I guess Abe would also be following and have a bow out. And I am on Ambionitis's heels. Not as fast as you, so you're going to have to just... I was about to say, you're going to be 20 feet behind me every turn. Take a few feet off per turn. Let me stay on your heels so we can slaughter them together. <laughs> I'm moving. Like some family bonding here. Some family bonding. Yeah, I want to take the dash action. Yeah, let's let's not pull a uh, what we did with that demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you mean right? Oh shit! Oh, we got fuck. there like five turns before anyone else. <laughs> yeah, and I just got my ass beat for five turns. <laughs> all right, so you're all going in simultaneously. Well, I guess if I yes. shadow step, that would be a little bit ahead. Yeah, no, I'm going full tilt. <laughs> well, Brixis and I are just going to hold on to uh, Ambionitis' ankles, so we're also going to get there at the same time. <laughs> hey, we both have Expeditious Retreat, right? <laughs> I, I still don't think we're fast enough to keep up. Okay, so Jet would be ahead of all of you. Jet, you are running forward, and anytime that there is a shadow up ahead of you, you are using your shadow step ability. And as you're coming into this valley of sorts between two hills, this gully, Recon. an arrow comes shooting out from behind some brush and is going to deal you eight damage. Okay, no chance to dodge? No chance to, jo- to dodge. Uh, they rolled a natural 20 to hit. Well, they got me, all right. You smack it out of the air. Yeah, can I deflect ranged attack? This one you could. Yeah? Ho-ho! So while while these two morons are just running on foot, I would like to hop on my horse. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll get into the wagon being pulled by the horse. (laughs) All right, so how this range... uh, How this deflect slash catch range attack feat works is it's a reaction... I can reduce the damage by 1d10 plus dexterity plus my monk level. And if it goes to zero, I'm allowed to spend a Kai point to redirect it with a proficiency bonus, and it counts as a magical weapon. So you automatically are able to do it because your monk level is already higher than everything. It's already higher than the damage in itself. Yes. So you can shoot it back as a projectile. So I, yep, I use my Kai point to shoot it back exactly where it came from. You have to do a ranged attack, don't you? Yeah, it's. I do all that. If it reduces the damage to zero, I can spend a Kai point to redirect it. Oh, I guess, yeah, I redirect it with proficiency. So I suppose it would be a ranged attack. Okay. Um, you cannot see this thing. It is hidden, so you have disadvantage, and it is three-quarter cover. And proficiency? Yeah, so you'll add your proficiency. It's a proficient ranged attack, but you can't see where the arrow came from, just the general direction. So your target is obscured. You have disadvantage on your rolls. So I rolled a 20. And I rolled a 18. Okay, an 18. Well, actually, hold on. Because I said he has three-quarter cover. Let me just give this character a higher armor class real quick. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, uh, three-quarter cover gives you plus five to AC. So that's actually a miss. Wait, what? What is what? Half cover gives you what? Plus two and three quarter gives you plus five. Plus five. Yep. And um, let's go ahead and roll initiative then. Twenty-two. Four. Eighteen. Twelve. Nine. Jet, you're going to get to react first. To react or act? React slash act. It's your turn. Well, you'd be acting again, so you're reacting. 
<laughs> I'm reenacting. <laughs> so, did we decide that for my new quarterstaff, it's an action to change its composition? Yes. Okay, so what I would like to do is I would like to find myself the nearest possible uh, concealment so that I am hidden from whatever just tried to shoot me. And then I would like to use an action, if that's possible, to change the composition of this quarterstaff back to a uh, original size yet like bungee-like material so that I can use it like a whip. Okay. You can take cover behind some brush like this assailant that shot you. And then once you crouch down behind this brush, you can use your action to change your staff. So I can use it like a whip. Is that the end of your turn then? Um, I mean, unless I can see where this is, like take a perception check to see where this is coming from. A perception check like that would be your full action. I wasn't saying, unless there, I wasn't saying if there was anything else I could do, I don't think there was anything else that I could really do in my range of set. Okay. Um, that makes it Ambionitis' turn. You are pretty close behind Jet, and you saw this arrow fly. You saw Jet take cover behind some brush. You don't know where the assailant is, and you can't see your other prey. But I can keep moving. You could keep moving. You know the general area from which the arrow came. From whence the arrow came. I want to cautiously but recklessly run in that direction with a Warhammer prepared. Cautiously, but recklessly. So, you understand that? Is that a beeline, or is that zigzagging, or is that ducking behind cover? Any, any chance you've got? It's cautiously and recklessly. It's, yeah, I don't, you, I don't know how you're listening? lost. I don't, I don't know how you're not gathering this information. Okay. <laughs> you're cautiously and recklessly running towards this brush, and you are one turn away from arriving at that location. Abe. You are on, on horseback and are even with Ambionitis. All right. Can I tell about where this arrow came from? Yes. You have the same general idea of where it came from, but you can't see the actual assailant. Like, how much of a general idea? Like, I know they're in, like, this little chunk of shrub kind of idea, or like... Yes. <laughs> I would like to shatter that shrub. Okay. Um, what is the range of shatter? Exactly as far as it needs to be. Hmm. S- 60 feet, I believe. I might have to look this spell up. Uh, I have it up. It is a range of 60 feet. So if you ride your full distance on horseback, you could cast shatter this round. I would like to do that. So shatter, what does it do? A sudden loud ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of your choice within range. Each creature in the 10-foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a constitution saving throw. They take 3d8 thunder damage on a failed or half on a successful. Unless they're a creature made of inorganic material, in which case they have disadvantage. And the non-magical objects that aren't being worn or carried also take that damage. Okay. Um... So they gotta be a constitution saving throw of 17. Thank you very much. That's exactly what I was going to ask for. Well, that was a failure. So you hear a sudden, loud, and ringing, painfully intense noise erupt around this shrubbery. And you hear a human cry out in pain. And you can see a flash of shoulders as they writhe, clap their hands over their ears, and fall back. Get fucked. 
Also, as the verbal component, I would like to yell, Thunder! 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 Okay, Raiden. I was going more Thundercats. <laughs> and uh, how much damage do I take? Uh, 12. Okay. Prothean, you're up. I'm going to draw my shield and my longsword and charge them. How are you approaching? Are you on foot? Uh, yeah, I think I'm on foot. Well, we were adding my war bear. Yeah, we're on a war bear. That sounds like something my character would do. I, I'll be riding my bear. So instead of my shield and my sword, I'm going to be drawing my longsword. Sorry, greatsword. And trying to, like... I don't know what the exact term for this is, but like riding the bear as fast as I can, sticking the sword on, like trying to like sweep the guy. Are you riding bear back? Yes. Well, the bear does move slower than the horse, so you are behind the first group of individuals in your group. You are going to have to full dash in order to get within 60 feet of this brush. Oh, so I'm not gonna be able to attack. You won't be able to attack unless you have a bonus action spell. Give me one second to double check that one. You could use Misty Step so you're right in their face, but you can't do anything yet. Just appear in front of them and be like, hee hee. Only he would have, it would be like leaping off the bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything that would really work too well for this. Okay. Well, then you are one turn away from sweeping anything that is hidden in this brush with your long great sword um you are going to see a flash of hair as the individual behind the brush gets up uh in a low crouch and tries to book it away from you all and now brixius it's your turn well i am still pursuing very fast i would like to have my new shield out, as well as my warhammer as I'm running. And as I see this, you said it was a human that came out of the bushes and started running away? Yes, you do recognize it as a humanoid. Well, I guess you would recognize it as a humanoid figure. Great, I would like to heave a firebolt. All right, and the range of firebolt? I believe it's 300 feet. <laughs> I believe it's not. It's 120. Maybe it's 120. Yes, it's 120. My apologies. For whatever reason, really thought it was 300 there. Okay. <laughs> You're within 120 feet of this thing. I'll allow that. I will heave a firebolt at this humanoid figure, rolling a 19. That will hit. And how much damage are you dealing? Firebolt does a flat 1d10. So I am going to end up doing 10 damage. Well done. It's one of the uh, new diehard dice that I got, so rolled a 10 on my first time ever rolling it. Ka-chow. Ka-chiga. All right, you hear, ah, I'm on fire. He deserves to be on fire <laughs> for that one. Awesome. Like, yeah, that was the intended effect, so. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. All right, I was going to roll my d20 to see if I wild surge for any reason on Firebolt, and I rolled a natural 20, so. I do not. Jet, you are up. So this guy who is now on fire, is he, he's not down yet? Not down yet, but making a lot of noise going to, ah, I don't like it. It hurts. Can I get to him this turn to do some punching? Your speed is what? Your base speed? 
Very fast. 50. 50. All right, and you were... Well, you didn't get all the way to the brush. So the assailant is 80 feet from where you are crouched under cover. And then you can move 50. There's still 30 feet left to go. And there are no shadows. Okay, so can I move? Is he, like, within a treed area? Like, is it, like, wooded? No, it is not wooded where the assailant is currently running. There are trees beyond the next hillock, but none around you right now. That's fine. I'll just get as close to him as I can and then try to bungee whip him with my quarterstaff. All right, well, you would need to be within 10 feet to do that. Mm. So you can either dash to get next to this person or you can try and do a ranged attack. Well, I guess we'll get right up in his grill. Okay, you are right next to this person, and you recognize that it is somebody from your past. This is Jimmy Crack Corn, who you turned into the Astrocane officials. Ah, all right. Ambionitis, you are 90 feet from your assailant. And I didn't see what Jet just did. You did see that Jet got even with... Um, yeah, you saw me get to the guy, but you didn't see, like, who I saw it was. So I'm going to continue my movements of cautious and reckless styles, preparing to murder whatever the hell is behind that. Uh, what is your base movement? 50. Okay, so yeah, you are now even with this uh, assailant, and you can see even more so than Jet could because you dealt intimately with this person. Jimmy Crack Corn. Oh. Mm. <laughs> One moment. You don't remember who Jimmy Crack Corn is? No, I feel like I named him though. When we were sitting in that farmhouse, I, he was one of the three other bad guys in there, right? Oh, wasn't this like the only guy that got away? No, this was one of the guys that you caught. And then you turned him in to Lord Carfwad in Astrocane, and he spoke with a Bobcat Goldthwait voice. I thought you were going to put in a good yeah. word for me. Okay. Yes. Uh, Abe, you're up. You are 110 feet away. All right. I'm going to continue to barrel up on my horse, and I'm going to try to shoot this piece of shit in the back of the knees with my longbow. Okay. Not. Does he look like he might die if I do? Like if I shot him twice with a longbow? He probably would. He looks severely burned and uh, very panicked and bloodied. I want to try to non-lethally blow out both of his knees with an arrow. Unfortunately, you cannot do ranged non-lethal damage. I can't just, like, pin his leg to the ground? Um, Shoot your shot. Here's what I'll let you Wait, do. How, how far away did you say I was? It's 110. 110, but if you move on your horse, which can move... 60 feet per turn, you'll be within 50 feet. So you could, I will let you roll a d20. And if you roll between a one and a 10, you'll wind up hitting one of his legs. So I want to roll. Or I guess go ahead and roll to see if you hit first. And then if you roll between a one and a 10, you'll hit one of his legs. Before I do that, would I potentially also be able to just barrel straight up to him on the horse and have the horse like kick him in the back of the head 
<laughs> non-lethally. I allow it. I just barrel straight over this guy and knock him to the ground. Rules as written, technically no, because you would have moved and then you would have dashed, but logically, yes. So in this case, I will allow you to barrel into your prey. I want to try and knock him down and then be like, hey, grab him. All right, give me a roll. And if you hit his armor class, then he'll be knocked off balance. All right. Am I adding anything to this or? No, just a flat d20. Some animal handling, perhaps. You can give the uh, horse's bonus to attack, which would be plus five. Oh. In that case, that would be a 16. And that will hit the armor class. So Jimmy Crack Corn gets hit by your horse as you come along his broadside and he goes stumbling. He is now lying prone on the ground and it is Prothean's turn. You are you are 90 feet back and your bear can go 80 feet if you dash. I could dash and do a bonus action, right? Yes. All right, I'm going to do a dash and use hold person. Which is choose a humanoid that uh, can see. A whole person you. is a full action to cast. Oh, fuck. Though that would be cool. Misty step to directly above him and then land on him in your full plate armor. Do you have a longbow or anything? I do not have a bow. I think I picked one up a while ago, but I didn't write it down. He moved 30 feet away from me and I can move 50 feet. Just let me get him. Whip him in the ass with your Laffy Taffy staff. Yes. Uh, can I lo- can I harpoon my longsword at him? Um, because oh, haste is a bonus action. Okay, you can cast haste on yourself. All right, I'm gonna use haste as a bonus action. Oh no, haste is a full action too. Why the fuck does my spellbook say it's bonus action? I don't know why my it says bonus in the corner of my I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna do a death. Well, yelling obscenities. Well, not obscenities, but yelling about how I'm going to got him like a fist. Okay. Trying to intimidate him. Uh, can I roll for intimidation and see if he starts freaking out? Because if he sees a man riding a fucking bear holding a great sword chasing after him, I think I'll be pretty intimidated. Sure, go ahead and roll an intimidation check. Yeah, I, I did not win. Natural three. Yes, unfortunately you did not. It was worth a shot. All right, so Jimmy Crack Corn is now going to stand up, disengage, and he's going to run 15 feet because he is scared of all of you. And that is his turn. Brixius, you are still a little ways back. Well, I guess since I am extremely slow, I continue to run as fast as I can, and I will not come close this turn, so another firebolt it is right into Jimmy Crack Corn. But I don't know it's Jimmy Crackhorn yet. But yeah, since I had initially thrown a fireball and that's the person we were chasing, I'll continue to pursue aggressively and as fast as possible and hurl another firebolt. All right, go ahead and roll for hit then. Uh, that's going to be a 14. That will do it. And how much damage do you do? Uh, this time it's going to be nine. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, who Brexius does not know is Jimmy, balls to a knee as he starts patting out the fire that has just spread over his clothing again. And he starts putting his hands up going, I give, I give, I'm sorry, I give. 
Don't hurt me there, bye. Yeah, it'd be nice when it's your turn. I think you should spear him to put out the flames. Jet, he is on his knees begging for you not to hurt him. Do I know where the other guy is? What other guy? There was two of them. You've only seen Jimmy Crack Corn since you started into these hills. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use my elastic staff here. And I'm gonna. It's gonna act like a rope and it's gonna tie him up there. And I'm gonna throw him back towards the rest of the group. All right, since it is a whip, it is a melee weapon. I. Well, it's technically my staff that I have changed the composition to make a gummy whip like material. Okay, it is your staff, but it is acting like a whip. It will do damage if you hit him. Okay. Hit him carefully. I'm fine with that. He looks battered, bruised, and very bloodied. What Paul is trying to say is if you do this, he will die. I, I, <laughs> I'm not using it with intent to harm. No, I guess he could say he's going for a non-lethal strike. That's the magic phrase. Non-lethal strike. Okay, roll for hit. 27. That is more than enough. Where do you grab Jimmy Crackhorn with your elastic staff? The tip of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hardens the staff into that hardest texture that I can't obsidian. Gonna grab him right no. by his ear of corn. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Crackhorn. All right, you grab Jimmy Crackhorn by the ear of his corn. <laughs> and he faints. Yes. As you strike him with your whip. And you shuck it. <laughs> and you yank him back towards the rest of the group. All of you converge on this unconscious man. You all now recognize that this is indeed Jimmy Crackhorn. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Well, we got something out of it. Yeah. Jimmy, no. So much for finding Helleros in, in prison. <laughs> Maybe he did. You don't know. You'll have to ask him next time. You can always kill all him for information. I mean, he did just shoot at us, like, out of nowhere. Oh, he done fucked up doing that one. I do uh, assume that this uh, whip is sort of, like, stuck to him, and at this point it's kind of just like a child leash. <laughs> all right. Maybe maybe you should uh, you should change it to a rope. You've got extra leash there. I said there. whip-like material. Oh, I was just saying so that you could have him on a longer leash. No, he gets a short leash. He hasn't behaved himself. Okay. Um, if those of you that are listening enjoyed this episode, we hope to see you again. Uh, why don't you go and leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. We would love to hear from you, love to hear your feedback. In the meantime, if you want to keep in touch with us, we are on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter at Death Saving Bros. I am personally on Twitter at HP Camper. You can follow me at Benfro15. You can and follow... also mm. sorry, sorry to sorry to throw it off there. It's gonna say you can follow me at Benfro15 on social medias, but also the PlayStation Network. I am looking for people to be playing Overwatch with because <laughs> friends. none of my other friends play it or have PlayStation. So if anybody ever wants to play Overwatch or get their ass whooped in Madden or FIFA or 2K. I got you there too. I play Overwatch with you. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm a underscore B underscore rad. Follow the fucking Reddit and also Mr. Mondugimore added me on PlayStation. So quick shout out. Apparently he's responsible for my boots and helmet. 
Uh, I forgot I had the helmet. Good, uh, good job. You can follow me at my new job at the Plaza Palace in Cancun, Mexico. It is in Telmar Plaza, and I'll be working for $50 an hour. Come find me. You can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T-Smith. And all those of you that are listening in your homes, in your cars, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Blinka's Temper, Catch the Trickster, and Of Legends Past are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The song Deadly Roulette is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The song Big Enough by Kieran J. Callanan, featuring Alex Cameron, Molly Lewis, and Jimmy Barnes, is used in accordance with the United States Copyright Act of 1976, Section 107, Fair Use. All rights reserved. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.